One, two, one, two. Now here we go. You know what time it is? Welcome to another episode of the Frankie Lee Podcast. Our mission to empower others to break patterns, flip perspectives, so that together we have clarity, direction, and success way beyond what we ever previously thought possible. Here's your host, Frankie Lee. Welcome back to the Frankie Lee Podcast. Today, guys. We have the woman that you've all been asking for on the DMs, Sophie Goodlin. And, and I pronounced that right, didn't I? You did. You nailed that. <laughs> Good job. Honestly, I was so worried about that, guys. But IFBB pro, woman of many multiple seven-figure businesses, who's done it all, stepped on stage, won titles, just empowered a load of women. You've got, obviously got other businesses as well that we're all going to go into. And I think... The best place for us to start, Soph, is first, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I wore my boots I'm because you, you wore up. yours. <laughs> <laughs> I've got absolutely, guys, I've got done. I've, I've been absolutely stitched up here, right? We went to, uh, was it breakfast last week? Yeah, brunch, brunch. Is it brunch? Brunch. And I, and I thought that Soph was going to turn up in active wear today. So I fully, I fully like... She's fully stitched me anyway. She's come She's come dressed for Paris Fashion Week. I'm either zero or a hundred always. You're, either. A, you're 120.5. <laughs> Guys, can I just say, I'm actually wearing a jumper and boots. I'm not dressed up. Like, I'm not even yeah, wearing a dress. I'm yeah, wearing a jumper. Yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'm, I'm dressed like I'm going, to, I'm going to never quit. And you're dressed like you're going to the early path. Like, do you know what I mean? So there's a void. But anyway, I'm stepping into it. I'm owning it. And, and we're back. Anyway. So I think the best place was to start with you. It's like your journey's been a bit hectic, right? You obviously blew up, made a bit, of, made multiple seven figures, then kind of, kind of lost it all, and then had to reclimb back up the ladder. So I think that's an incredible place for us to start. It's just how you even got started and how you blew up on social media. I'm an accidental entrepreneur, one hundred percent. So for me, I got married really young. I got married when I was 17. I had my two sons and I was working two jobs, really grinding to be able to make even ends meet. And I was a single mum at the time and I literally was working Monday to Friday during a day job and I was running a modelling agency and then Thursday to Sunday nights doing marketing for a nightclub. So I was working hectic hours just to be able to try and put food on the table, pay rent to be able to put the boys through school and just kind of... Getting through life week to week. So when you when you when you when you've had had the first two boys, mm-hmm. like the first twin, they were twins because you got two. No, sets. they're a year apart. Are they a year apart? I yeah, I know. Twins. Everyone thinks that. Yeah, I, I literally thought they were twins. But when you first had your first boy, was it was was it not? Were you not expecting to have children at that time, or was was that? No, I always had planned to have kids. Like I, I would honestly have like twelve kids. I'm so <laughs> your face. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, what a start, Jesus. I'm so maternal. Like I just, I always wanted to have kids. Like it was always my calling and it's my favorite thing in the whole world. And I have four and everyone's always like, wow. I I couldn't, I could not believe that when you told me the other day. Yeah. I love it. I love it so much. You're you're 32, right? Yeah, correct. Not that we could discuss ages, but you can definitely discuss that. No. So you're, you are literally like a year younger than me and you've got four children. I tell you now, you would never think you even have one. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because I feel like the people that I've met over the years, I've kind of changed their perception of having children. Because I think for a lot of people, having kids is limiting. It stops them from being able to achieve their goals. It's restrictive. They can no longer have fun. Whereas for me, having my 
children allows me to have all of those elements in my life. And if anything, it gives me a purpose to be able to have those things. Um, and I think that the way that I parent allows me to still have that freedom and be able to really enjoy being a mum. Yeah, I, I, I've seen how you've lent into it. And obviously you're doing jujitsu with yeah. them. You're doing, they're doing <laughs> this. They're, they're, just, they're just all bouncing all around the house. I'm like, how do you manage all that with everything that you're trying to achieve over here, here and here? Like, it's just some crazy, crazy amount of stuff that's going on. But like when you... When you've had when you had them boys, and obviously you're married so young, you've had the boys. What, what was what was the thing that made you blow up on social media? Like what what was what was that? What was like the key thing where you thought that changed and that just sent you off to the races? Yeah, so I started going to the gym, and it was kind of like my only thing for me. Working two jobs and having the boys at that time was really quite a time juggle more than anything. So in order for me to be able to have time to myself, I started going to the gym in the mornings. And a trainer actually came up to me and was like, look, I'll train you for free if you jump on stage. And because I'd done modelling since I was like 12, I was like, oh, I could be tempted, but no, that's not for me. And he was like, all right, I know that you're going to want to jump on stage in 12 weeks. So how about I train you anyway? And if you don't jump on stage, that's fine. And if you do jump on stage, cool. Wouldn't it have been easier for him to just ask you out for dinner? No, he was married. No, he was like, he was married and he definitely was seeing that as a business opportunity and he right, knew so, that I had a so lot he, of potential. So he, he, he thought, he thought you've got good genetics and, and a good, good frame to obviously build up and in, in this respect. So he thought, you know, build you up and then obviously use you as an advertisement for his business kind of thing. I think for him, it was more the fact I had the confidence and on stage, your stage presence and confidence is everything. So he knew that I knew how to walk. I taught deportment. I taught girls every single day how to be able to become on, um, a fashion model, to be able to walk a catwalk. So he knew that I had that element to me. Yeah, that and, little bit of sass. Yeah, a little bit of diva in me deep down. And um, so when he was training me, I was stoked because I was being able to learn how to train at the same time. And I was also doing my qualifications to become a personal trainer. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it allowed me to be able to learn whilst also doing the study at the same time. And so 12 weeks passed and I was documenting my fitness journey. And I say fitness journey in quotations because for me at the time, it was essentially trying to lose my baby weight of having the boys. And I used... Did- did you put on a lot of weight during that period? Then? 32 kilos. I had gestational diabetes with the boys. 32 um, kilos? Yep. I had, I had gained so – I was so unhealthy though. I was literally living on Maggi noodles, chocolate yogo, and like these sh- thick shake milk things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my diet was so unhealthy. And so I, when I had my second son, they actually said to me like, you need to look at what you're eating because you've got gestational diabetes. You've gained all this weight and your last baby, he was three weeks overdue and 42. Like, he was um, 10.4 pound, 10 pound, 10 pound two. So he wow. was a big boy. So I think it's like wow. 4.8 kilos. So he was a big boy. And they were like, we don't want you to have the same issues again. Like you really need to look into your diet. And so I kind of was like, shit, I better do something about this. I can't keep eating what I'm eating and expect everything to be rosy at the end. So I was trying to lose all of that weight. And in the process, I was documenting that on this brand new app called Instagram. Yeah. yeah. And in my mind. Can't, can't say I know that app. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just this little old thing. And in my mind, it was just a filter app. So I would like make the photos black and white or I'd put the contrast up or I'd 
change the saturation. And then I would upload those photos onto my Instagram page. Now I had an, my Facebook page, sorry. So I had a Facebook page that was like a public profile Facebook page for all of my modeling work and things like that. And I'd done Clipsal and heaps of big jobs across Australia for many years before that. And so for me, it was kind of just uploading my fitness journey um, on Instagram, not knowing that anybody else could see it. Within six months, I had like 100,000 followers. And and you didn't even notice? Well, I noticed, but I didn't think they could see my photos because my account was on private. And so in my mind, it was just like they couldn't see the photos. And at that time, there was no likes. So you couldn't see. You could just see the photos. There was no – I don't even think there was captions. Um, the funny thing is, though, is I could actually scroll all the way back. On and my, see all those photos. They're still there. Like, I haven't gone and edited my profile. or And for those that follow me will know that I just don't give a shit what people think about me. So, I've never had the time to be able to go back and edit stuff that I don't want people to yeah, see. Yeah, whatever. I, I, that, that, that's, what, that's what I loved about you when I met you is, like, yeah. the fact of how, how raw and honest you are. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the conversations we'll go into on the back of this podcast will, will really show people how... Like what how you see is what yeah, you get. Yeah, what you see is what you get. How like obviously when I met you, I was like, I was like, wow, this is like, <laughs> I, I like this because because for, for someone like me that has a lot of banter, I get sometimes people have a habit of taking offence to it too soon. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, we're so I've got a long way to go before I'm ever near the line of crossing over it because you're out there, girl. I grew up with two brothers though, so for me, <laughs> yeah. it's just like constant banter like there's nothing that's and and i've got two teenage sons now as well yeah yeah, so if i was sensitive i would literally be rorted every single day because they are so mean to me like i literally am just like you got me good yeah yeah so no banter (laughs) is definitely not one that will offend me anytime yeah yeah and i think i think it's so important i think too many people taking too much shit personal yeah Well, the other massive thing is on social media is that projection is such a real thing. So learning to understand that somebody else throwing shade on you online is definitely nothing to do with you. And nine times out of ten, they've got their own shit going on. And I'll sometimes play around with this. So when someone DMs me something nasty, I'll reply something really sweet and they'll be like, shit like yeah. I didn't realize you were even gonna a see that b respond and yeah you're right like I'm a dickhead I'm having a bad day my ex is being an asshole whatever it is do you know what I do right when if when someone sends me a hateful comment I I DM them and I send them my phone number I say hey hey whoever girl lad whatever I'm like, like I'm like you're obviously having a bad day yeah. if you need someone to talk to this is my mobile number give me a call and I'll put an x on the end yeah because a lot because I like to I used to be like Come like meet me for three rounds in a boxing gym, and we'll see. We'll see who. We'll see who. We'll see, and I'll smash your teeth in. But then I realised that kindness is the only way to 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 stop this. Because if I go with aggression, meet aggression with aggression, then what happens is that just carries on down the line. So more people are gonna get more people down that track are gonna get offended and offended and offended and and hurt and hurt and hurt. But you can you can choose to stop it, and that's what you're doing. You're you're contacting these people and saying, "Hey, hang on a minute." Healed people, heal people. Yeah, and hurt yeah. people, hurt people. Exactly right. Mm. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's so fucking important that everyone who listens to this gets that because we all have bad days. Oh, hundred percent. 
And it's just interesting though, isn't it? Because in most of these cases is that they're screaming out for help for any sort of human connection. Yeah. And in yeah. the world we're living in right now, is human connection is such a massive, massive missing key element that so many people don't have. And you think about all those people perhaps in Victoria, New South Wales, yeah. who have been locked down for 350 days and haven't seen anyone, haven't spoken to anyone. And yeah. their only source of connection is online. Yeah, and what they and what they get in... And, and the source of the connection that they're getting is curated to, to so Instagram and social media are, are curated to to show you more of what you keep liking. Mm. So if you keep liking conspiracy theories or you keep liking negative news, what are you going to get more of? Yeah. Negative news. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's it's just a total fugazi where people just get caught up in this time vortex and get dragged down this hole, and then obviously they can't. And they see some, they see a nice photo, and they think, "I tell you what, today I'm going to message so something hateful because that's yeah. how, because that reflects the weather how I'm feeling inside." Mm-hmm. So it's it's just yeah, and like you say, it's good it's good that you you help people breach that gap, you know. Every now and again, I'll sometimes screenshot and post all of like that the particular day's yeah, conversations yeah. and it's quite eye-opening for a lot of people and I'm having these conversations at home because I do have a 14 year old yeah. so he's wanting to have social media at the moment I'm like I don't think you understand the type of messages I receive every day mate yeah. like this is the sort of stuff that he'd, you'll he'd, become... be, he'd be getting the messages like your mum's a milf like, you know, yeah, he, <laughs> we, so the other day great great segue great story the other day Kai was saying to me mum do you know what Reddit is? And I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, well, there's a Reddit about you with all these pics. And I said, oh, is there? And he goes, yeah, I'll show you. And he goes, goes onto Google and finds it for me. And he goes, that's just a favourite of my friends. My friends are on there. And I said, oh, how does that make you feel? And he goes, oh, means I've got good genetics, so I'm not that fussed. And I was like, good job, mate. Really good job. So, yeah, they definitely <laughs> stir him up about it. But I'm like... It is what, what it is. What can, what can you do though? What can you do? Like you get with with the following, you've got what half a million on Instagram. What, what where else you've got? What other um, Facebook. I think there's about three hundred, four hundred thousand, maybe. And surprisingly, Snapchat is my biggest. So, so I'll get between like two to three million views on Snapchats. Is Snapchat? Is, people so still is, use that? No. Well, this is the thing, right? So I'll use it maybe once a fortnight when I remember, because yeah. I do feel like there's that. I don't know, sexual connotation to Snapchat almost because it does disappear. So I don't use it as heavily as what I did, but I used to use it a lot for my meal preps and stuff. Yeah, when 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 I was when I was a naughty boy back in the day. <laughs> naughty. <laughs> naughty with an I. Naughty boy. I used to, <laughs> like the two apps that were combined at the time was Snapchat and Tinder. Like <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what was really funny? I went to this um it was called Level Up, so it's like a time zone. Yeah, yeah. And my daughter picked up all of these round rings, like a hoop game, and she picked them all up and threw them like this instead of going one by one. Yeah. And it was the perfect analogy for Tinder with guys because you sit on there <laughs> and you literally throw it out there like, I'll do a hundred swipes to the right girl and one of them will come back. That was her whole yeah. theory. And I was like, girl, yeah. if you went on Tinder, you'd have a hundred coming back to you. She, but to be honest, right, with, with the women with, on Tinder, women don't struggle with nothing. If you set, if you sent out a hundred messages, you get a hundred replies as a female on Tinder. Mm. Men would have to have a little bit more like personalization. They can't just copy paste messages. They've got to they've got to put a little bit of you know. I just can't. I could not be bothered with that. No, I I, I, I retired from my admin job on <laughs> Tinder fucking three years ago. But when when I when I did use that app, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of work in there. There's a lot of work. Yeah, there's a lot, and in order to catch someone's it's, attention, it's admin. It's because you've got to personalise every single first approach. Otherwise, you will not get past that. You know what I mean? You've got you to seem get... very passionate about this. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, if you're going to do it, you have to go all in. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Well, yeah, all in or all out. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't, yeah, lads, stay away from that app. It's a, it's a big time. <laughs> so anyway, you blew up on, blew up on back, <laughs> the pivot back. You blew up on the on, on social, yeah? And then obviously, how was it you first started to make money online? So everybody was kind of watching the way that I'd lost my weight. And firstly, they were asking me what I did and how I did it. And I was unqualified to be able to give that advice. So what I was doing is just sharing how I was doing it online. But you did it anyway. No, I got qualified. (laughs) Oh, yeah, of course. So then I was studying nighttime as well to become qualified in personal training. And in the process, although I was eating really bad when I was pregnant, the way that I grew up was the entire opposite. And I almost feel like my upbringing kind of pushed me to the other way. So we grew up on a farm. Everything we ate was organic, sustainable. Um, My parents grew all our veggies. All of our meat was organically killed on our farm. All of our fish was caught on the boat. So it was all a very organic, healthy lifestyle. We grew up with no televisions. And so my idea of fun was either reading books or cooking. What a great childhood. What a great childhood. Well, it allowed me to be able to set me up now for the skills that I have. So learning to cook from such a young age and from my mum, who is just the most amazing cook in the way that she is able to adapt. Yeah. So I I love the way that mums can cook those real home, like, homely foods yeah. you know what I mean like they're not they're not they're not like they're not like Michelin star chefs <laughs> but the way that they cook and, 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 and the love and attention that they put into what they prepare is what makes the food that you grow up as a child mean so much to you I swear that it's all about the love and even I know that myself like if I make the boys have this like chicken curry recipe that they love if I make it on the fly and just like throw it together to feed them they are always like, oh, it wasn't as good today. And if I like really put love into it and really make an effort to make it, they're like, mom, that was the best ever. So yeah, I swear yeah, there's something in the yeah. whole making it with love thing. Yeah, it's, it's in, I believe that it's the, whether it's food, whether it's business, whether it's, whether it's the gym, it's, it's always you've got to set the intention before you do it. Yeah. Right? It shows. It's it's like that what that Tinder analogy that we just threw down, right? That I didn't I don't know where that came from, but it did. Anyway, right? This is what I mean by me and you having a podcast. <laughs> like it's, this is just mad, right? But it's when that analogy is like everything that you said there was all about the intention. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because you can meet a nice person on that platform or on any platform if you set the intention right at the start. So, again, I'm just going to go left of field here, which we're going to get to the story eventually, but I'm going to throw this off. So, when I first moved here, I had come off the back of all these competitions, right? Yeah. And I'd gained all this weight again after being starved from a really poor coach who didn't know what they were doing. Yeah. And the less food I was eating, the more I was gaining weight and I couldn't figure out what was happening. So, I went to a hormone specialist up here and he had just released this new product to market and it was a plate but it was a weighted plate with a timer on it, right? Yeah. And so essentially it was trying to teach you to slow down when you ate because the intention between actually consuming your food and what you were eating created different enzymes in your mouth, which therefore broke the food down. So the intention of actually going, I am now eating a carrot and breaking it down mentally of what you were consuming allowed your body to respond with different enzymes to break it down and therefore lose weight. Crazy, hey. Fucking hell. I've I've never even thought of 
it like that. I mean, I know chewing food for longer is better for your digestive system. Yeah. I think there's so much though in actually like intentionally being like, I appreciate this food. I, um, I love where this is coming from. Yeah. I think intention with everything is where it's at. So my whole life mantra is do everything with love and meaning. So yeah. my parenting, my work, everything has love and meaning behind it. And if it doesn't, I'm not doing it. Except bolognese made on a Thursday when you're in a rush. Except for when the kids are giving me the absolute shits and they got to eat. Yeah. Then it's just. So, so then it's like, just throw it together and then you Here's get, your chicken curry. And then your, feed, and then your feedback on, um, on, on TripAdvisor goes down. Goes definitely. <laughs> boys probably would set that up. But yeah, not, not a great time mom's, for me. Mum's kitchen. So mum taught me how to cook every single recipe according to no recipe, right? Yeah. With only what produce we had. So seasonal cooking. Seasonal well. cooking. Yeah. So she would literally look in the cupboard and be like, oh, we've got crushed tomatoes, we've got legumes, and we've got fresh spinach, and dad just caught some whiting. Yeah. Let's throw together a dish. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And so that's how I learned to cook. And so throughout all of the process of me trying to lose weight, get fitter, get healthier, and then compete, all of the recipes that I created were made with that in mind. And so what I did was I would hand write on a piece of A4 paper all of the recipes that I was making and then I would post them online in regards to what I was eating. Yeah. So by the time the 12 weeks came around and I did get on stage, I had a whole A4 folder of recipes. So you had the recipes, you had the training program, you'd already you'd already created that audience because you were posting on Instagram every day. Correct. Posting on Facebook, so you'd already got that those people who were interested and then you formulated that into a product. So then I had the recipes handwritten. Yep. And then my mum's a photographer. So yep. I said to my mum, Mum, can you please like take some photos of my food and she was like yeah of course she took photos of the food one of my friends that worked um with me in one of my jobs was a graphic designer and I said to her hey can you design me an ebook and I said but I don't have the money to pay you but I'll pay you the week after it launches and I promise I'll pay you the week after it launches she's still one of my best friends now and she was like yeah of course a guy who worked as a tech um like a tech guy in one of the other websites, like a website builder, I guess. Um, I said to him, hey, can you build me a website that I can sell these on? And he was like, yeah, of course. I'll charge you $220. And I was like, fuck, I don't even have $220. I was literally living week to week. Like I had to pay childcare fees. I I really was living week to week. Yeah, and childcare in Australia is expensive. $120 a day per child? (sighs) I know, and I'd say the average wage in Australia is probably eight hundred to a thousand dollars a week. I think it's less than that. If you, yeah, to be fair, yeah, I think it's about five hundred. Really? Yeah, wow. I don't think it's. I don't think wow. it's that high. So yeah, th- that's that's what I mean. So you so you put all that together. So in order for me to pay for the website, I actually had to withdraw funds from my kids' saving account, and so I wrote myself this like letter, and I yeah. basically said to myself, trying to justify it, you mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I said to myself, like, if you take this money, you have to pay it back four times. So it's $220, yeah. right? And I, I love that commitment that you made to yourself there because it's so important. Yeah, huge. And I also didn't want to just take the money and never have that repercussion back for them as well. And they didn't even know this money exists. They still don't know this money exists. So my boys still don't even know. They will do if they listen to the podcast. They don't though. They're so like... <laughs> <laughs> so I've, I've locked their bank accounts until they're 21. 
Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I kind of raise them in a way that they don't think they have any money. They don't know. They have to work for it. They both want jobs. Like, yeah, yeah that, I've raised them in a very different way. I kind of think that's that's how all kids should be raised anyway. Mm. Because it's like, I, I, I've got investments for Rocco and Amelia, which is like my niece and my nephew, right? Mm-hmm. And by the time that they... By the time that they uh, get to 18, they won't even know it, but they'll have millions of dollars because mm. of the moves that I've made for them already yep. when they're four and seven. The, but I will never tell them they have millions of dollars. No. Like, do you know what I mean? Because, because I, I, will, I will first teach them how to, how to earn money, how to sell, how to create online business, how to create streams of revenue, how to do this before I ever f- tell them mm. about this. Mm. But I'm going to start, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be subconsciously teaching them that over their whole life. Like every time I get, every time I take them out to the park, I'll be teaching them shit because I just want to instill that in them. Because that's yeah. that, that, that's like I'm just gonna be that you know that good uncle. <laughs> it's a really good uncle. I'd like to have millions by the time I was 18. It's uh, things. Everybody can have millions by the time they're 18 if you set the right investments in motion with compound interest mm. on your side. Then by 18, they are. It's interesting though, isn't it? Because Kai came home yesterday and he goes, Mum, my friend has learnt the stock market and he has $10,000 in his bank. And I was like, man, so good. How old is this kid? 14. That's sick. Super sick. Off of a dollar. And I was like, go you, mate. Go you. So that's that's their their latest thing. That's that's super sick. And Mm. you, you you can, yeah, compound interest is like, don't get me started on this, but it's like the eighth wonder of the world, man. Like it really is. Like if you if you set if you set the right moves in motion for 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 like your kids, which is what you're doing anyway. Mm. But I'm what I'm trying to do for my sis because my my sister's been brought up in the you can save your way out of problems yeah. mentality, right? And rather than me trying to teach a woman who's been taught that her whole life that won't break that pattern that's been that's not really left our area that's been surrounded by my mom and she's just very conditioned to that way of thinking so rather than me trying to break that i'm like fuck that i'm not going to try and break that i'll just make my moves over here that i know are better for the better for the kids long run i'll make my moves and i will just teach these kids over the time period why those moves were made so they can make them moves for their family onward and then that creates generational wealth without me ha- without me having to battle my sister about the fact that she's wrong and I'm right or or I'm wrong and she's right do you know what I mean or that you're both right you just have different views maybe yeah but uh, but well <laughs> no impossible because <laughs> in, impossible because you cannot save your way to wealth you and I both know that I know, but it's just seeing someone for where they're at, you know. Yeah, and that's why, and that's why I don't. That's why I don't berate her about it. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you can't save your way to wealth. <laughs> so I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> no, I don't say it, but I'm just telling you. She but doesn't I know it. She she doesn't listen to my podcast, so I can say it. But like, yeah, she's wrong. <laughs> Episode X Y Z. Take put, notes. Put 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 it put it this way: if she, if she put compound interest to work the way that the way that I'd tell her to, like the kids would have a, a hell of a lot of money at eighteen if they if she, if she put all that all that they'd saved into investments. It's so important to teach kids about this, and I know that for myself, like growing up, I always thought we were so poor, and for every so I started my first job at thirteen in the yeah. coffee shop next to my ballet school, and for every dollar I earned, my parents gave me a dollar. Yep. And so every single part 
that I earned was doubled because obviously as a 13-year-old, I wasn't earning a whole lot of money. And my first boss taught me some of the most valuable experiences because his name's Pat. And like, if you live in McLaren Vale, everyone knows who Pat is. He's like the head of the CFS down there. And he's a very firm man who teaches you what's right, what's wrong. And I also think that was also very important for me to learn those lessons, not from my parents. Because sometimes having that external factor of somebody being like, hey, this is what you do and here's some tough love like that was actually the best thing for me and I think that's really important as well yeah 100 percent, and that's why and and that's why it's not for me to like my sister is a great mum to those Mm. children right I am never gonna go in there and start saying right kids you lot listen to me because I know this this and this and this because it's important that they have that very grounded family woman which is exactly what my mum was to us growing up Mm -hmm. so I understand the psychology of that on the other side of things, I just think it's, it's, it's good that they have me on the other side of things that can show them from a different framework. Do you know what I mean? Like, because at the end of the day, the proof is in the fucking pudding. And if, 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 if you want this life, do this. And if you want this life, which I'll show them in the future, then you do this. Mm-hmm. I don't care which one you choose, but just know that making that move does that, more of that, and making that move does more of that. Which way do you want to go? Yeah. And they can decide themselves then, can't they? Yeah. And I already know subconsciously that Rocco will move one way and Amelia because of the way that she'll be brought up and the girls are brought up in our family she'll move another way but that's fine they're both they're both cool but I just wanted to set I wanted to set a little bit of a a, a, a new so they had choices do you know what I mean the choices that I didn't potentially have because I wasn't educated that way myself yeah education's key hey yeah well what were you taught when you grew up were you taught like were you taught create that were you taught go out get a job buy a house, do this, do that. Is that how you were taught or how how were you taught in Australia? Well, see, Australia versus the way that I was taught is probably two completely separate things. I was raised in a family where we had businesses. So I would literally help my mom do our myob every year. My mom did our accounting. I love that. And I think that's also Fuck. a huge element of my success. I'm so jealous. Yeah. Because I, I look at I look, this 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 is what it, so for, for if you're a new listener and you've only just come to this podcast and you've not listened before, like, I'll tell you this, right? I came to Australia seven years ago, yeah? I was a carpenter and joined by trade, so, right? Mm. So I came over here. I'd worked a job. I'd worked like three different jobs to save up the money. I'd, I'd, I'd been brought into the typical system where you, you go out, work, swap your time for money, and then you take that money and then you save it up. And then after you've saved it for a few years, you go and put a deposit down the house put yourself in another load of debt and then you work for another 30 years to pay the house off and then by the time you retire you've got your house and maybe hopefully you've got a pension and then you're supposed to have fun when you're 70 and too old and to enjoy it this is it right Mm -hmm. so i thought fuck this there's got to be a better way to life than this and i'd seen australia on the tv like a place in the sun bondi rescue Bond the Rescue, I was fucking in love with Holly Valance on the <laughs> Wasn't like, she beautiful? I fell in love with her about six times a day. <laughs> She's <laughs> like, so gorgeous. Right, She's such yeah. a babe. Right, so I thought, right, I'll just go to Australia then. So, and I, I came out I'd here. I'd meet Holly, fall in love. Yeah, yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah, sweet as. Sweet as a nut. We're all good. We're, don't worry, I'll find a way. But anyway, right, I, I guess here, and I, I couldn't believe how different you guys move and operate. Like, Mm. you think about you and what you just said to me there. As a child, right, you are being taught accounting moves. You're being taught B 
business moves through you're being taught about creating produce in your life you've been taught to cook you've been taught i was taught to cook and i was taught that but i was taught to cook to work and to save right mm. you've been taught how to balance income and and expense statements to to balance moving balance sheets how money works that subconsciously has has definitely fed into your to your success that you had because you created what what age were you when you created your first seven figures oh 22 22 years old 21 maybe even 21 22 years old yeah do you know how many 21 and 22 year olds i know in australia that have also created seven figures Many of them. Yeah. It's like an abundant, it's like many, I know so many 21 year olds, but I can't say the same about where I'm from. Yeah. Okay. Because it's interesting, isn't it? Because if I was to look in my demographic of people that I had grown up with, I don't know if they had the same level of parenting experience or childhood or what I was taught, even in the same areas that I grew up in. Um, and I'm not sure if that was isolated to just my parents. But the other thing as well is like my dad was a fireman for like 40-something years. Yeah. So he taught me hard work at the same time. He yeah. also ran our winery. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, like mum always spoke about line of credit. She always spoke about balancing the different businesses. Yeah. Um, she set herself up with numerous Airbnbs and different elements of being able to, to create cash in. flow. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she has so many properties everywhere to be able to do that. Uh, so I definitely don't know if it's an Australian thing, but it's an interesting, interesting I d- thing. I, I, I honestly be- believe that we live in a, in not only the luckiest time, but one of the luckiest countries to be able to be exposed to these kind of moves. Yeah, okay. Like, I honestly believe that if Rocco and Amelia and my sister were here and they grew up in this country, it they would have a different perspective at 18 than they're going to have a living in england yeah just because you are a product of your environment yeah and that's what and that is and that is so so key is your environment and everything you do and the moves that you've already told us on this podcast that you've made all stem from your childhood yeah break it down well even with the boys at the moment i always say to them like you can be anything that you want to be you can create a product and you can make that your entire life and my parents also said that to me Every single day, you can do anything you want, anything at all. Was there was never a limitation of you must do this, you must be yeah. this, you must go into this avenue, and there was never that. Do whatever you want was always the underlying message that I had being raised. Again, and I think that is a cultural thing here. Yeah, because you look at you look at, obviously you're going to spin and coach after this podcast. Yeah, mm. you look at what Sam's done. Yeah, and the abundance that Sam's created in his life from from literally like nothing. Yeah, like, and I'm like, you, you see, obviously Sam came on the podcast, Sam Mangan podcast. You can listen to it on this podcast, guys. Go back, but like, you you see what Sam's done and how he's created business and and the moves that he's made. You know what I mean F- for his age, and you're like, I'm sat here, I'm like, but but I only got here at 26 years old. Yeah, do you know? I I'm like, I'm a late starter to this mindset. But see, it's not even. You could go from zero to seven figures in six months. 100%. And that's what I keep saying to, to my kids in the way that I raise them. You think of a product that you love, and I don't even, and this might be a controversial thing, I don't even care if there is no demand in the market for that product. If you love it and you 100% back it, it will do well. And I show that time and time and time again. Because yeah. our latest product that we've just launched was Conversation Cards. 
there's no one's ever been like, hey, Soph, can you please create some conversation cards because I'm really struggling with my connection. No one said that. But what I noticed is I went through a marriage breakdown. I was meeting new people and just being like, tell me there's more to you than this superficial chat that I'm currently having. Like, tell me anything more than what you like to do on the weekend, what your favourite colour is and who your favourite band is. I was like, give me something more. Give me some depth. Yes. Like, give me vulnerability. Tell me why you are the way you are. Tell me your biggest trauma. Tell me what's happened to you in your life to make you the way you are. Like, I want to really understand you and get to know you. So, what I would do is I would write down all these questions in my notes of my phone and I would mentally prepare different questions that I wanted to ask to be able to get a better response or a deeper connection. Yeah. And as I did this, people were like, wow, like that's an epic question. And I'd pushed for these cards for about 18 months and all of my team were like, so the outlay for these products is so expensive. Like we just don't know, like, is there a market fit? And I just kept saying like, trust me, trust me, trust me. Like, listen to my gut. Trust me, trust me. Every product that I've ever put out there that I have 100% backed sells out. We've sold out of two rounds of these, so over seven and a half thousand units in under what three weeks of these cards. Everyone loves these cards because I know it changes the like changes lives and it changes the way that we connect with people because it happens to me. So rather than me going, and this is where I think a lot of businesses kind of go wrong, is that they look into the market to try and create a successful business. Where is something missing? Then they create that for that rather than it being a passion of their own. So for me, it's always been an accidental entrepreneur thing because it's naturally evolved into where I'm at in my life. If if I resonate with it, someone else out there resonates with it and it's a niche to someone else. So rather than it being me creating a product that fits the market, it's a product that fits for me. And then I can passionately market that. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Like if I was going to create a product right now out of thin air, I suppose the thing that's the thing that I'm going to use every day is either a skipping rope or it's going to be a or going to be a, a blade for shaving my head, like because I'm because those are things that I'm I'm passionate about and that I do every single day. Yeah. So if I do it every single day, I know something about that. I, it's going to be authentic to me. It's go, it's going to work because at the end of the day, I'm I'm backing it and I'm using it and I'm iterating on the product because I use it every day. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And in regards to education as well, I'm not sure if this is isolated to where my children go to school, but I've seen over the last five years, it has entirely changed. So they no longer have classrooms. They have open space learning so that you can collaborate with kids from different classrooms. Age groups. The, yep, different age groups. So it's now from middle years, which is year seven, all the way through to year nine. You have to understand, Sophie, that this is an Australian thing. Yeah. This is, I think this is isolated to their school, though. Yeah, and it's good, and it's good, and I th- and I like I like the thinking behind it. Yeah. But I know from a systemized state of schooling in the UK that I went through that it's not like that there. Yeah. Okay. And and everything that I came from is always underfunded. Yeah. Like everything in the UK is underfunded. You have got so many people, so little money yeah. to go around. Everything's underfunded. But here, everything is like I just think what well, like you 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 can't even find a pothole in the road or or what. Or, I popped a tire last month from a pothole yeah, in the but, road. Yeah, but when you when you step out, like you see how good it is here, and like you go down the beach and there's barbecues yeah. everywhere. We've got it so abundant. Yeah, 
Yep. It's so good here. Yep. It's the best country in the world. Mm. Like, there's no, no doubt in my mind this is the best country in the world. A hundred percent. That's why everyone's talking about overseas travel. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm sweet, mate. I'll stay right yeah, here. Yeah, fucking right. Exactly. I just, I just think that we, we, we've got it so, so good and it's in, and that's why it produces the results that you're talking about. And that's yeah. why that you are a product of your environment, like I've said before. It's look how many successful people that are that you've had on your podcast and that I'm getting on my podcast. That is because the successful people that have done big shit are all around us. Mm. Like we're literally surrounded by them. Yeah, you, I could fall over. F- f- you know, four people were fifty mil on the way to the gym, and the gym's only across the road. It's interesting though that you put wealth to success because for me that is like everything that I over the last what four or five years have broken down about what success is to me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I and like I, that yeah. I like you calling me out on it as well well only- I, I think I, th- I think the reason why wealth is success to me yeah right and why I why I position wealth as part of success to me on a personal level and why it means a lot to me is because I didn't have a lot of money as a kid yeah like in terms of like and I wanted to change my, like my family were never broke or nothing, like not as, not as broke as some people's families and all that stuff. And I didn't come from a bad home, but I just noticed that money to me on a personal level was never abundant. So I want to create that abundance in my own life and then pass that abundance on to others. So I don't, I, I, ultimately what I'm saying is I don't want to, I don't want to tie success to money. However, I also believe that Money is a tool that can be used to open up so many doors and so many things and so much abundance in other areas of your life. Like if you want to give to a charity, you need money. If you want to help some a lot of people, you need a lot of money in in a lot I of respects. D- I respectfully you, disagree because I feel yeah, like I like this. If you want, <laughs> if you want to help a charity, the best thing you can ever do is donate time because I feel like time is worth so much more than any money. Yeah. And I think that in regards to so many charities that I do work with, all they need is time. And do you, pre- know, do you know how you get, how you get more time though? Yeah, not necessarily. I think, would you still consider me successful if I was sitting here today and I said to you, Frankie, I am so happy. There is oh, not anything oh, in my ha- life ha- I would change. Happy, happiness is the ultimate success. Is the ultimate success. Happiness is the ultimate success. Happiness is about being present in where you are right now. Like I'm present in this conversation, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy within the conversation. But I still would like to attract more money into my life and more abundance in all areas of my life, happiness and everything, whatever success is to me, so that I can go and t- touch more lives. Because to me, you know how you know how I said about money, right? Mm. If 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 I have, if I if I go create more money, right, then I can put more ads on for the podcast and, and put the podcast in another million years, couldn't I? Do you know what I'm saying? But then it creates this effect where it's the ceiling effect because the more money you get, the more money you chase. So then what happens is you go and buy the latest dress, the new Louis Vuitton bag. And I'm speaking from my experience. Yeah. I know about it. Yeah. The next Range Rover model. Then you look at, nah, fuck the Range Rover. I want a G-Wagon. So then you go yeah, 380K. Yeah. And then, <laughs> trust me, I know about this. So then it's like, <laughs> you continuously are keeping on leveling up to the next thing and it feels exactly the same. So you just keep chasing and chasing and chasing and chasing and there's no ceiling on that that uh, financial happiness because you're continuously getting to the next yeah, level. Yeah. And I think there's been a whole bunch of studies done. I know that within Australia, the happy, like the happy scale in regards to what they did of this um, money caps out at like 200k doesn't it 120 
So yeah, after yeah, yeah. 120K, the happiness doesn't change. Yeah. And that's kind of what I base my own salary on because after that, what am I doing with it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's really important for me because for a long time there, I was unhappy within my life. So instead I was chasing money. I was chasing success. I was chasing business success because I was so unhappy within my own personal life. Yeah. Changed that around and now it's just like money flows 100%. Yeah. Money comes all the time, but I am no longer fixated or associated on the money that's coming in for the business. So what would you say then is is like for everyone listening to this who wants to make money flow to them, mm-hmm. what, what is your like blueprint for allowing money to flow? Always be in alignment. And so if something's out of alignment, if you're trying to, if you feel like you're always pushing shit up the hill or the creek or whatever the analogy actually is. Do you yeah, know that yeah, analogy? Yeah, always pushing push, 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 push shit up hill, yeah, yeah. I always have this like thing where all my friends say that I always quote things wrong. Yeah, so that's that's yeah. my thing. Um, <laughs> is, that is, is that it's not meant for you. So if you feel like you're always grinding to make something happen, it's probably not the right path. So in regards to me and like saying about those conversation cards, yeah. that was so easy because it was so authentic and true to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was to push a product that I didn't really love or wasn't really in alignment with me and I was continuously grinding and grinding and grinding and it felt hard, it's always going to have that resistance to it, always. Yeah, no, I- I like that, and and do you know what I've learned? I've, I'm list, listening to you talk about that, and the way that and the way that you've broke that down, and even you ha- having you call me out on me. No, Sorry. I like. I, no, I like. No, I fucking like that. No, I fucking rate. I rate that because it's what because that subconsciously I'm tying money to success. Yeah, a Subcon- lot of people do subcon- subconsciously. But even though I didn't believe that I was, but you called me out on it because I subconsciously said it. Do you know um, much about imprint news? No, tell me about it. Zero to seven. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, zero to seven is our imprint years, which is where all of our fundamental subconscious self beliefs and belief systems are formed. Yeah. And obviously, during that period, it's always formed from our parents, our circumstances, our home environment, schooling, whatever worldwide events were happening. Yeah. And we don't even know usually what our programming is because it's such a deep subconscious. And so when you do like NLP or timeline therapy, you learn what your belief systems are. And usually if you've got something in your life that's blocking you, it's coming from those zero to seven years of when it was actually formed. Should I tell you something, so tell you something freaky, right? So I went to, you know, Molly Jane that owns, yeah. owns World World Beclosed. Yeah. So she came on my podcast. And one day I was just, you know how sometimes with podcasts, you sometimes, I, don't, I, I suppose you don't do this, but I sometimes do. I'm like, I look at the analytics and I'm like... But why is that? Like, you know how when you've done it for such, a, for, for you've put in a lot of time and a yeah. lot of effort, and you're constantly grinding, 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 and you and you love what you you love what you're doing, and you, and you know you're adding value to the world, and then it's and then like you see the graph, and it's like do 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 and it goes boom, and then it goes boom, and you're like, what the fuck was this about? You know what yeah. I mean? Like this dip here, and you start over analyzing it. So I was in I was in that kind of headspace, and I was kind of like. I was self-judging myself mm-hmm. too much, and it was I was put I, I, and I didn't realize I was doing this at this time. But I was putting myself under. A, I was a very being very critical of myself, being very just not putting myself, just not being kind to myself, basically. Yeah. Right. And I'm, I'll openly, honestly, tell you about that. And so I, Molly Jane was posting that she's doing these oracle card readings, and I thought, well, I've never done this, and normally I think that's a bit woo woo. But I thought, Do you know what? I'll go down there and I'll, I'll, I'll see, I, I want to. I'm like, I feel like I've seen this for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I messaged Molly. I'm like, Molly, I want to do oracle card readings. Cool for, you know, paid her the money. Goes around to Molly's house. She sits there. She 
she gets into tune with the world and does all that tune stuff and then she gets out these oracle cards and she starts pulling out these cards and she and then then we get to one stage in this thing and do you know what these fucking cards are accurate as fuck yeah like i'm serious she's pulling out cards and telling me about what's going on in my life right now and i'm like fuck me this cannot be a joke like this girl like this girl knows me but she doesn't know me to that extent Mm. right and and then she 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 does this thing about about my podcast about my life right and she says, I'm going to draw one card for every month from now until the next six months. So she goes, boom, 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 puts them all out on the table, right? I, I, I pulled out like five of the best cards of the pack, right? But, and she said, the, she said to me in that moment, she said to me, and it fucking resonated massively. She said to me, Frankie, the reason why you, things aren't going, move, moving away as fast as you want them or as, or as fluid as you want them in everything that you're doing is because your energy is blocked because logically you've got over a lot of things that have happened in your life. Like you've logically got over that girl leaving you. You've logically got over how you felt about your mom in your childhood. You've logically got over lack of money at certain times. You've logically got over all this stuff, but there's so much emotional trauma in your like energy sphere. She's Mm -hmm. saying your chakras in the chakras and, and like, Imagine there's a light shining around your body, which mm-hmm. is your energy field, and then and then mine was like she said there's light. She's doing this. She's she's obviously connected at this point, and she's obviously doing this hand signals, and she's showing me where these blocks are, and I'm like, so like, this this I, I've always felt this. So she says to me, go and see Lino, which is like a breathwork breathwork guy on mm-hmm. the Gold Coast runs men's medicine, unbelievable guy. I'm gonna have him on the podcast and do a whole podcast on this. But I know you're into breathwork. This is why yeah. I'm saying it, right? So we, we so I, got, I started doing this breath work with Lino, right? And he said, "I think you're going to find that you're going there's going to be a lot of stored emotion in this." Mm. So we're doing this thing where we go into breath work for like an hour, hour and a half. Fucking hell! So I cannot tell you on this floor here, right, where where we're doing this podcast now. I have I I did not realize how much fucking emotional trauma mm. was trapped within my body. I mean, I was. He said to me, "When you're in this zone." Mm. Really be, really don't just don't judge yourself for it, right? Just kind of observe it and see it and and feel it and mm-hmm. just sit with it. And I, I've, I observed all this pain of my past running through and out of my body, like it's purging out mm. of me. Like I had bottled up so much shit, mm. and it's like when you've when you've done all that work and you release all that things, you start to. Peel back the layers and understand who you are as a man, man. Mm. It's some powerful shit. Massive. Breathwork for me changed the game. So I started doing breathwork in August last year. Yeah. And when she first, I do it with Nicola Lay. Right. And um, for women, I just, I love her, like changed my life. And the experiences that I had with her, when she first came to me, I was like, okay, like, this is an hour out of my life. I am so busy. I'm never going to have the time to do this. And I was very, like, like I don't know, skeptical, I guess, of it. And being raised Jehovah's Witness, I was very much like, this is woo-woo and yeah. I don't believe in this. Yeah, yeah. So I was very, like, standoffish, I guess. And throughout the process of this, so I said to her, it might help with my squats. It might help with my training. After the third session, because it took me a little while to get comfortable with her, I had so many hectic experiences. I had a full body experience where all of my pajamas, because I was in bed, all of my pajamas were dripping with sweat. And I woke up and I was 
covered in sweat. I had another experience where I essentially like went back and rebirthed myself. I had a full body orgasm for the whole time in one of them. And then like when I came up, I was like, I want that one again. I want that one all the times because it hasn't been that experience. Um, I remembered like some really hectic trauma stuff that happened to me as a kid that I was like. So here's the thing I didn't understand, right? And Lena was explaining this to me as well. Like you can, you can have trauma in your life. Like there's some people that have like been abused by their un- old uncle Phil or something, right? Mm. And they they've been abused, but then they've, com- they've they've forgotten and they've blocked it out yep. as if it never happened. And then they go into breath work and they find out that all the problems and all the blocks in their life going forward are all predicated because they've never dealt with the emotion of what happened to them in the past and accepted it. Right, accepted it, um, felt into it, and and I know it's sad, and then and then, but but here's here's what I'm trying to fucking say. I'm trying to say that when you look inward, right, looking outward is 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 the worst way of finding success and finding whatever that is to you. It always requires you looking inward, and looking inward with breath is the way you can really move your life forward because. It allows you to strip out all the trauma mm-hmm. of your past mm-hmm. that. That every single human on this planet, every one of you listening to this podcast right now, if you've never done it, you, you will have a shitload of trauma. Yeah. So, and 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 another thing, there's a lot of people message me all the time, so I'm going, "What business should I start online?" Well, when you, <laughs> the answer is like, do breath work, strip all the emotions out of your body, then find out who you fucking actually are. When you when you find out who you truly are. Then you can start leaning into things that light you up. And then you'll find the thing that you can start online. 100%. There's a book called What Happened to You. Right. And it's about trauma and trauma response. Yeah. And that is insane for uncovering. Like, So trauma, I think that when we say the term trauma, a lot of people assume that it's going to be, like you mentioned in regards to horrific incidences. Yeah, yeah. Trauma doesn't have to be a horrific incident. It could be that perhaps our mum had four children, they were super busy and we didn't have our needs met yep. emotionally and we felt like we were not enough. Yep. And therefore the way that that presents as an adult is that we are incredibly anxious in a relationship and always feel like we're not enough. Yep. It could present yep. as so many different things from that tiny little incident of our mum not being able to come and read to us when we were four. Yeah. So everything stems back from from an incident and that book really highlights that. But yeah, yeah. 100%. Like if you're not in alignment, you're never going to be in flow. So yes. it's always making sure that whatever it is for you, like... And this is it, right? But then you've got to... this. There's, there's too many people that listen to this podcast right now that are judging themselves unfairly. Oh, we all do it. We, we all this this is what this is what I'm trying to say. We all fucking do it. Yeah. Right. We all judge ourselves unfairly. And I didn't realise how horrible I was to myself. Yeah. Yep. And it's even it presents in relationships that we accept <sighs> as well. Yeah. And the the relationships that we tolerate. Yeah. And I honestly believe that we bring in and call in people and they could have a different bodysuit or whatever that looks like, but they're gonna teach us the exact same um lesson lesson that we need every single time until we learn that lesson. And I know that that's happened for me because I kept calling in a certain type of person and last year or this year, sorry, earlier this year, I fucking learned that lesson the hard way and I will never call that person in ever again. And you're, I presume you're talking about relationships. Yeah. And it's the same with me and women. The two two women that I've allowed past a certain point in my life in the last 12 to 18 months 
have have both different women, obviously, but like they're both taught, they're both showing the same patterns of events, the same lessons to me as a man. Mm-hmm. And when I when I go back and I look at all my relationships with women in the past, where it's gone past a certain point, every woman is showing me the same relationship, and I've chosen or been oblivious to the fact of what I should be looking at, right? And once I once once as a man I started to get to that point where I'm where I'm willing to look inward and willing to deal with trauma and willing to be open and honest about it on this podcast and all this other stuff that I'm trying to do to develop as a man, right? That's when things started to started started to put in place and I started to find these people, have conversations with people like yourself that opens up my mind to a different perspective and just be willing to listen and understand of like, Frankie, do you realise subconsciously you said this? I'm like, fuck, I did where's that coming from mm. i want to because because when we when we finish this podcast i will go and journal about that and i'll find out i'll find out where that came from because that is important it's not just identifying it it's about okay that's a that's that's a button you want to rem- go through life and rem- remove as many buttons and triggers and and all this so that you can be in flow and i'm go- i'm willing to i'm open to doing that and that's why that's why it's so important that we do podcasts like this together like and, and stuff like that because it's that this if this hits p- one person's ears and it'll create massive amount of change in their life huge huge in our flourish and fulfilled community we do this task called relationship reflections yeah and essentially you look at like they have to be an emotional response. So it can't be someone that you're like, oh, yeah, Jane, I remember Jane. has to be someone that triggers an emotional response for you still. Yeah. And then we work through these like five different pillars in regards to what first attracted you to them. How do you feel about them now? What was the favorite thing they did? And then at the end, you take the key words and you can essentially build out your perfect relationship partner from those key things. And that is so powerful in attracting in exactly what you want. Um. Yeah, massive, massive, massive. But in regards to you mentioning before about things coming up for breath work, one huge underlying subconscious belief for me was that men equal walking on eggshells, which is so not okay. So if a man made me feel like I would have to walk on eggshells around them, that would feel so comfortable because that was a conditioned belief for me that all men meant that I had to like be quiet, make sure that they were okay, like always care for them. And finding where that subconscious belief came from through breath work was huge because now I'm like, no, no, I matter. They don't always equal that. It doesn't have to mean violence. It doesn't have to mean me feeling like that. It was a huge thing for me to be like, oh, that's actually not something that I want or a conditioned pattern or belief that I actually want to take forward. Yeah, yeah. And do you know where where that originally came from? Yeah, it was my dad coming home from work. And like I fully, during breath work, had this entire... um, What, and you having to be quiet for that? No, he came home from work and as, like he was a shift worker. So firemen do two days, two nights, four days off. Super stressful job. He ran Adelaide and would see so many horrific things. So when he'd come home from work, I would automatically (gasps) be quiet. Don't piss him off. Don't do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he's a beautiful man. But that was enough to create that belief system now. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And and I I love the fact that you can go back and you can look at things with a different perspective. Yeah. But you need to be willing to do the work. And do you know? Do you know what? Someone said to me, Frankie, why don't you do mushrooms? Because it takes you to the point quicker. And I'm like, yes, it does. But but by doing mushrooms first, without doing the breath first, 
you're forgoing the work. So there's to get yourself to the point where you release the DMT in your brain with breath, you have to do, you know, good 10 minutes of breathing to get into the state. And then you start to go deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into your body. Right. And into 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 these feelings and feeling things and finding out which parts of your body are tight and where there's where there's trauma and stress that needs to be released that's stored in you at cellular level. Right. If you just go and take a substance to get you there, even though it's a natural substance and I do believe in it, I think you're kind of cheating on the work. You need to learn the breath first and then people add microdosing of mushrooms to it so they can see even more, but also do the work on the back end. Would you agree? Or 100%. I think for me, my experience of mushies was like not therapeutic <laughs> it, was, it was definitely not yeah but thera- you were at a rave i was no it wasn't i wasn't it was supposed to be therapeutic for me like um it was such a weird experience i i looked in the mirror and do you know the Sim- the alien out of the simpsons yeah i thought that was me and like lost full body consciousness couldn't walk and i was just like this is not a time well the difference between breath and the difference between mushrooms is simply one thing. One, you have to work to get to the point to, of, of like, with with it, with breathwork, you work to get to the point where you can go in deep on yourself. Yeah. But then when you, f- when you finish the breathwork and you're doing the reintegration phase, you can choose, you can choose or your guide can choose when to pull you out and, and all this stuff. And you can be fully compassmentous in the world right then and then. The problem with mushrooms is you take them then you might have to wait an hour or two hours for them to okay. kick in. Then they might be kicked in for between four or eight hours, depending on the dose that you've taken. And then, and then you don't know where you're going to go, and you can't control in in the same way. So that's why I've not done them yet. I will. I am open to doing them, but I'll only ever do. I'll only ever do them with someone like Lino who can guide me. I'm not just going to go sit around my mate's house, take two, take no. two mushrooms or however much, and just sit there and wait for the world to enter my life. Like it's just not a good idea. I think the other massive thing is that with breath work or the breath is it's entirely within you. Yes, and you are your own home, so yes. you are always going to be safe within your own home. Um, one of my most hectic experiences for breath work is I had um, some womb trauma. That's what I'll say there. And w- w- womb is in as in like as in like birthing trauma. No, well, I had I had a um I don't know, I don't know if I want to put it out there publicly. I had a experience when I was younger um and it presented in breathwork. So I actually started bleeding from right. doing breathwork. Right, okay. Like Bec- vaginally. Yeah, yeah, but because obviously like it was time to do with your period, yeah. was it? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so you'd you'd had such trauma around ha- when you had your first period, was it? No, 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 but it was just like an experience that I had that was obviously to do with my yoni and womb and when I was doing the breathwork that's what came up and I fully bled. Yeah, like so the yeah. mind is so powerful of yeah. being able to go in and release that trauma no matter how it actually looks and feels for you. Yeah. Um and I know that one of my girlfriends, she had a oh, it's probably not my story to say, but she's had a bad experience um with certain things in her life. Yeah. And during breath work, it entirely pinpointed where everything came from in one session. Yeah. But that's the power of it. Wouldn't you wouldn't the if you're listening to this right now yeah wouldn't you like to know where your hang-ups traumas and triggers come from yeah because because the sooner you can learn the sooner you can learn where they come from the sooner you can start to 
repair and get beyond it like if you're always attracting the same if you're a girl out there and you're attracting the same kind of bloke or you're or you're a man that's attracting the same kind of woman and you see the similar patterns happening you probably need to do it but most people don't want to know because they like living that some people like being the victim some people like that cycle of chaos and drama and some people don't want to see those patterns they can't see those patterns and that's what I'm sort of realizing more and more the more that I'm in my flourishing fulfilled community of being able to have that self-growth and be able to encourage people to see that a lot of women and men don't want to see it they don't want to do the work they don't want to heal yeah so they like to be and sit into that victim mode of everyone else is the issue and I'm not the problem and that's like my number one of my course is like if you're coming into this course you are not accepted unless you can actually understand that you are the problem because we are all the problem yeah like we are all our own solution as well a hundred percent one hundred percent like, like, like I, I literally it was <laughs> sounds stupid as fuck, but I was, I was before before this podcast about half an hour before I was lay, laying on that floor down there, and I was just laying there, and I was just like no distractions, no phone, no nothing, just being present and just letting my mind go to different places, and just to just to check in with myself and see what comes up, mm-hmm. and I learned a few things about myself in ten fifteen minutes. So I was like fuck, I've. And I'm observing these thoughts as they're happening, and I'm like, "Oh, where does where does that stem from?" Like, "Oh, yeah, that's coming up. I need to I need to do something around that." Like, "Why why is there why is that pissing me off?" Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Why does that piss me off? And it's just like I, I'll give you an example, right? You know, you know how hard the podcasting game is. You've been in it a while yourself, right? Now, obviously, you've got a massive following, highly engaged following on social, and I'm trying to build mine and. We're all trying to go out there, be the best version of ourselves, and try and do bits, right? And then someone, the other day, and it, it, it triggered me for a moment, and I had to go inward on myself and have a word with myself. But what happened was, someone someone, someone, someone else released this podcast, these two girls released this podcast, and they went to number one with no episodes, or episode one, they went to number one. And I'm like, what the fuck, what the fuck is this about? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, where, where? But then I had to go inward on myself, I'm like, one, like, no one compares... Like Soph's podcast can't compare to Frankie's podcast, and and our podcast can't compare to anyone else's podcast because we've all got different voices and we've all got different messages and we've all got different learnings that we can instill on other people. So that's mm. one thing. Second thing is, why are you fucking comparing yourself to this and the other? Mm. And why and why and why are you surrounding yourself with people that are sending you this shit? Yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like that, like that, that caused the trigger. I'm like, and I yeah. hope you went back and said, "Don't send me that." Yeah, so I, so really so, so, I, so I set some parameters around mm. the fact of like, look, look, I'm on my own path. I was in my own lane. I was not was not in that headspace until you sent me that, and I yeah. don't I don't appreciate it because like the way it was sent was like, "Hey, look at this." They, they podcasting's easy because they got to number one inside one episode. And I'm like, "Buff, like you're missing the fucking point." And what's the intention behind them sending it? Because yeah, there's always intention behind yeah, everything. Yeah, and the intention was because of how they're feeling within themselves, and they're not feeling the best. They think, "Oh, do you know what? Crab in a bucket mentality. I'll pull him down." Yep. Do you know what I mean? So I get it. I get it, and I will distance myself from that person now, and I understand that. And they've shown themselves in their true light, which is which is great for me. And if they listen to this podcast, which they probably won't, but you know what I mean. The, 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 there's there's a lot of good reasons in it, but in that moment, I was like, I was like, do you know what? Fuck, that's pissed me off. Like in terms of like, uh, you know, you, when you put so much love and effort into like this is my fucking passion. So yeah. like, this is how I can get people like yourself to come to the podcast is because it's my, it lights me up. 
But right? instead of instead of feeling like oh they're doing so well, yeah, you sh- you can yeah. literally internalize that and 100%. be like, no matter what, this is going to be successful. No 100%. matter what successful looks like to yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. it will be successful because of how much passion and love I have behind it. Yeah, hundred percent. When you know you're doing it for the right reasons, you don't have to worry about the external things and don't have to worry about this. That's why I've never had a problem booking guests and all this stuff and getting big guests like yourself on because I know that the big guests will come because I believe that I have the conversation skills to support and facilitate having them on the podcast and that will touch enough people's ears as a result of them being here so I know that and it's just it's just again it came to a point where I'm self-judging myself but the reason I'm sharing this on this podcast is because there's a lot of people that might be listening to this that might do that every day in their life in other respects and they need to hear it that we all go through that one hundred percent. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's times in your life where you go through that. Oh, one hundred percent. I just love the fact that you were sitting there and allowing yourself to be still and bored. Because I feel like at the moment we live in a society that teaches us that boredom is a negative. We have phones that are literally glued to us twenty four seven. We have social media. We have Facebook. We have kids, jobs, TV, Netflix, movies every single thing that's always flashing in front of our eyes. And I know that even in like the self-help game is that we sit down, but we journal. And that's still some form of distraction to take away from our thoughts. That's still busyness. It is. And when we're actually just still in that moment, that is when the best possible creative ideas come to me. That's when the best possible flow like happens for me. So if I, I like am such a big believer of needing half an hour a day on my own. Like that is my absolute thing, whether it's driving to somewhere, whether it's sitting on the beach, whether it's sitting in my room, being on my own. Because remember, I've got four kids. So that time alone, half an hour might not seem like a lot. No, no. Half (laughs) half an hour is a long time to let your mind wander. wander. Huge acupuncture. <laughs> but I but I but I also believe you shouldn't do it in the car. I mean I know you drive the car on like autopilot and this that, and the other, but there's still too much going on. I, I actually believe your best sitting and thinking time will happen if you just go and sit under a tree somewhere in nature or sit by the ocean or by a lake. The ocean is my thing. Little Pisces girl over here. Anywhere near water mm. where you've just got water noise and not too much else noise. Just and just sitting there and looking out at it. And just seeing what comes up. And with, with water as well, I know it sounds, this is going to sound woo-woo, but water gives you signs. Yeah. Like, I was sat there one day just, just out, out the back of my mate's house, just letting my mind, like, wonder. And I just sat there and I just looked over the edge and I was staring at this water. And, I just, and then a dolphin just pops up and just looks at me straight in the, head, in the eyes. And it's like, it's like, it's like, I had this real strange, I was like, what the fuck's going on here? I'm like, I'm like, Can you guys see this? <laughs> my mate's like, fuck, did you see that? I'm like, yeah. Because I thought I was fucking. Hallucinating. Yeah, I thought, what the fuck's going on here? But like, you know how like, and there's something going on in my mind. I won't explain it too too much on this podcast because I want to drop it on another podcast. But there's something going on in my mind at the time that 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 dolphin fully represented something that was coming up in my mind on a different spectrum. Yeah, and I was like, "That's fucking weird, man." Life life is weird though. Like life yeah. always happens to us, and I just genuinely believe that. Like, if something's happening to me in the moment, no matter how hard it is, or no matter how shit it feels in that exact moment, I know that I'll be able to reflect back and take a lesson from it. And that's how it's always been. In the yeah. hardest times, I'm like, I'm so grateful that I went through that to yeah. get to where I am today. And there was times where I was just like, I would rather be dead than be in this moment. Yeah. And now, even though it's still fairly fresh, say like four months ago, I can sit back and be like, I'm glad I went through it. 
I think one of those moments for you is obviously when you you'd made all that money off the back of doing all that stuff and then it, and then and then you lost it all. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. Um I think for me like I have to be very careful in regards to talking about Yeah, this. don't don't obviously don't don't inf- <laughs> don't infringe on any legal cases because yep. I don't need that drama. <laughs> <laughs> um I think for me like as I mentioned earlier, I was chasing what everyone else's idea of success was. And there was no limit in regards to what my goals were. So I had just had two newborn twins. Yeah. And was work, we owned a gym. So the girls were at the gym with us. I had the boys as well. I was running three, four businesses at the time. I, five businesses at the time. Five, five, seven figure businesses. One was not seven figure, but yeah, the rest were. And was just grinding and grinding and grinding to be able to reach the next milestone. And I was in this pattern um, where I wouldn't even celebrate. We would launch a product and I would go to school pickup. We would launch a product and within five minutes, I would be working on next launch. I would never sit in the moment and actually be like, wow, that was amazing. Like, congratulations, guys. This is really good. I just was grinding to the next thing. And then when I went through that whole court case and I I have to be so careful with what I say, but I, I won what I wanted and in the process lost everything from legal fees. Yeah, so so to put a bit of context around what you're saying and because you're not saying it, I'll, I'll just put a bit of context around it. Like, But basically what happens is in court cases is the other side will potentially know how much money you have to fight a case So, and they'll know how much the court costs per day plus your legal fees. They'll calculate it and they will drag and adjourn the case out for that long so that even if you do win on paper and you win the battle, you've lost all your money on the way to win the battle. That's essentially what you're saying. And the hard thing with that is that usually it's an ego fight. Yeah, Whereas for me, it wasn't. It was like my baby. My yeah, you, were, you were protecting something that you believe that you own the rights to, which you, which is what you did. Yeah, and it's, and still though, like even though it's my baby and it was coming from a place of emotion, Yeah, when emotion takes over, we can't logically think. Yeah. So like that was the hardest thing for me is that there's an ego in emotion still. And so the body's my baby. It is like it was born from being a single mum. It was born – when I think about the bod, I think about all those hard times of studying at night, working two jobs, grinding my ass off, being able to not even afford to put sausages and bread on the table to feed my kids. Yeah, there's a lot like, – you, you've attached a lot of emotion huge. to that. A lot of emotions to that because of the journey you went through to create the bod and because that's your that was your app wasn't it well it's, yeah it's my health and fitness yeah. version or leg of my brand and it's everything that I have in regards to health and fitness and training and nutrition and recipes in the bod and it's just a name yeah. I could call that fucking sparkling Sophie and it would yeah, be yeah. the exact same product and people would still buy into it because this is what I want people to realize as well right people don't buy buy the thing they buy they buy why you do it yeah the emotion behind they, it they buy you as a person they don't buy like there's things that when, when I, I will start releasing certain digital products and certain physical products in the future and people will buy them because they they know like and trust me on a certain level in regards to those products and they'll get a feeling from buying that from me you can't recreate that when you've created value in someone else's life 
way above whatever you're exchanging that for, which is what you do and what I'm trying to do and everything else is like that. It's like they will. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't the na- the name is really the is just, and the logo and all this shit that people get trapped in. It's just bullshit. It's no, there's yeah. no, there's nothing. It's everyone everyone who start who's who's never worked never done a business online will go first for logos and tech, mm. right? Logos and tech aren't where you start. No. No, it's not, it's and it, not, it's not, like, yeah. it's interesting because my best friend, like, she's still my best friend, but at the time she was saying to me, Soph, let it go. Like, let it go. And I was like, ego. no. Ego. Ego. Always. Like, it, it, even though for me it was the emotional ego, it was still ego. Yeah, but here's the thing, right? Because you know that now, even, <laughs> yeah, no, but you do. I still do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but then you need to do work on that. Yeah, 100%. Because for then me you, it was that. And even like when I talk about the board and how how you, you it's get there, a, you get a, you get a feeling. Yeah, I still just get, get like up, it's right. mine. Like it's just like everything from start to finish to get to this point. It is my baby. I feel like it's one of my children. But but they but they can people can take your name or copy names, copy logos, all this shit. IP they can, go, but they can't copy the feeling that the love that went into what you create and they can't copy the feeling that creates within your customer and your customer isn't going to buy that off someone else because they're not going to get the same feeling. No, people will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100%. This is why it's so important that I... I, The thing thing that happened to you, obviously, we can't get into it too deep, but what happened to you that made you lose all that money was a great lesson. Huge. Great lesson. When you think back... Because because what you've done since has eclipsed it. Right? Well, it entirely changed my life. And whether that's for the better or for the worse, and I think that depends on who you're talking to in regards to that. So I struggled for many months after that. Like I didn't leave the house at one point for eight weeks. I had such severe social anxiety. I spiraled into depression and to the biggest burnout, and I just didn't even leave home. I felt like I'd worked... For seven years straight. And when I say seven years straight, I mean it. Yeah. Like, I had my twins via C-section and that night I was on my laptop working. The next day we had the news there doing interviews. Like, it never stopped. I didn't have – as a director of a company, you're not entitled to maternity leave because they can't prove that you're taking time off. So financially I was in this point in my life where I had to work. Like, I didn't have a choice but to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'd been – in this position where I was like pretty like free flowing to grind, grind, grind again. And I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't want to do it anymore. I felt like I had worked so long to get to this point and lost it all. So why would I do that again? Yeah. Um, from there, we moved to the beach. So we moved entirely away from where we were living. Yeah. So you spent Made more- so many, yes, yeah, so many changes within our life. I left my husband I closed down our gym, which was taking so much time and costing us so much money um, of having to show up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just went entirely like not doing it. I'm not doing anything for anybody that doesn't make me feel 100% in alignment. And yeah. it was that moment for me that I had to get to that point of being like, fuck this. I never want to do anything for anybody else that's going to make me feel like that again. Yeah. And 
I'm so glad I went through that because if I didn't go through that, I would still be people pleasing. I would still continuously be putting everyone else's needs above my own. I would still be making sure everyone was okay and burning myself out. And now, no way, no yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like you, you, you just do what you want to do when you want to do it. Love and meaning always. <laughs> and that's and that's the thing you see when when you when I actually think of actually what success is to me. Success to me is is freedom of time. Hundred percent. It, re- it, re- it really is freedom of time when I actually really nail it down. I want freedom of time, freedom of place, freedom of who I spend my time with. Have you, you know ever I mean? worked out what your highest like core values are? Have you ever done that? I did something, but I I did something along core core values, but I can't rem- I I can't remember exactly what they were. Like. So after doing like my NLP qualifications, yeah, it really highlighted to me what my core values were and why I do what I do, which was after all of that. So my highest core value is freedom. And that presents in everything. The way that I parent, the way that I run my business, the way that I am in relationships, um, every single way that I am, decision I make, comes from a place of making sure that I have freedom. Yeah, 100%. I I reckon I would have grown content removal as a business to a high seven figures, probably onward to eight figures, if I had uh, not had freedom on my my height as high as I have in my life. Mm. Because... Content removal as a business has allowed me to meet lots of people and, and help lots of people that I actually like and that I can connect to that I have good relationships with. And that's the fulfillment side of it and helping them sort out issues online and stuff. That that, that fills me up. But actual content removal itself and having 50 staff in an office and having all that drama just to, oh. just to flip it for a multiple in a negative energy space like content removal. Don't forget, like when, you, when you're dealing with people that need to remove online content, you're dealing with negative emotions. You're mm. dealing with all this drama, 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 drama. Like you're basically living in the dark art. You're doing it for the right reasons. You're doing it for good people, but you're living in a dark art. Yeah. To multiply that and go and get 50 staff, go and get an office and, and, and start to scale that would not align with me at all. Like, that was a massive thing for me as well. Having everyone think that success was having an office, a gym, yeah. all these staff. Yeah. I am so grateful for my team now. Yeah. I don't have any bitching. I don't have any issues. I don't even remember the last HR issue. Yeah. Which How many people do you employ now? Oh, I can't even tell you because it's such a beautiful synchrony of flow between the businesses as well as using contractors. Right, okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the biggest change for me. Rather than having staff who yeah. come to a place and now yeah. we have a gym in Chindra as well. So we don't even have people come to our, our gym. Everyone works from home. Everyone works remotely. Everyone's time troggled. So that yeah, that's the yeah. way that we manage things. Yeah. Um, and I, when we were running from an office with staff, I felt like I was having to constantly, most of my time. Mother. Was, Mother yeah, people. And managing conflict. Yeah, yeah. Whereas yeah, now there's just nothing. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of feel like we're living in an age where certain, certain types of businesses that me and you are t- trying to create and certain, certain levels of success that we... That, what is what success is to us that we're trying to create in the world you don't need physical locations 30 40 staff because you because i would rather just pay the videographer more and have him come in on his time with his equipment and he just turns up and does it rather than me having to provide all the equipment all the training deal with the fact that he doesn't like stacy who's in fucking graphic design yeah you know what i mean 
Oh, fuck me. I can't. I'd, I do not have the energy capacity to deal with that just to add another 10 or 15, 20 million over my lifetime. It's just not worth it. The other thing when it comes to staffing is let's just say in Burley where our gym was, we have, let's... What gym was it at the time? Called Hold Your Own. Yeah. And Hold Your Own is still a coaching business that Nath runs. So Nath's my ex-husband, yeah. beautiful angel man. Love him. Was Hold, was Hold, was Hold Your Own the new... Was that where Macro Gym is now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, we yeah. built that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we started that in 2014. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and he's... Mike's been on the podcast. Yeah, mm. yeah I didn't realise that. So he still runs that as um, a coaching business online and changes so many, so many people's lives. And yeah, he's, he's very inspirational, but he doesn't like social media. So he's very quiet on socials, yeah, but yeah, yeah he's yeah. still doing that online. So when you look at the space of Burley, let's say that the most that somebody wants to travel is 45 minutes, right? Yeah. So you've got a 45 minute radius of Burley of yeah. talent yeah. that you can attract in for any specific job. Yeah. Yeah. If you open that role up worldwide, you have the potential to be able to get somebody that is so much more skilled, experienced, yeah, yeah. loves your job, loves their job even more yeah. than somebody in that radius because yeah. they have to go and work from an office. And I think yeah. that's the biggest lesson that COVID has really taught us is that we're able to open up now and do things in such a technology-based world that we're moving towards in 2022 yeah. rather than being stuck in this office environment. And I know that for us, we have people all over the world working for us now and my only prerequisite is that you want to be here and you want to grow this business as much as what I do and you love this as much as what I do if you don't want to be here don't be here yeah that is like and also also I think I think I think gyms gyms yeah they can be extremely profitable however however there's there's a massive cash cash grab and obviously, when co- you got rid of that when COVID March, hit. yeah. So, in regards to the gym, we were paying eight and a half grand a month. You do the maths on a gym membership; you can't make mu- money there. There is so, in regards to being profitable, there's no there's no way that can be profitable at eight and a half grand rent per month. Yeah. So yeah. the way that we were making money on that is our online coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Which again, I'll reiterate here, you can do from anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when you put it on the whiteboard or on paper, you, you can't make money from a gym that's eight and a half thousand dollars a month rent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's, it's all about what, what, your, what your commercial rent is to start with and yeah. what, how much memberships are. But then there's always, there, there are many ways to make money inside a gym with your upsells on supplement, coaching, all this other stuff. That, but like you say, just having a physical location, which means you've got to have staff, which means you've got hard costs, which means you've got if you're selling other stuff like supplements, all that, all those hard costs that you have as a business, just all drain the life out of you. And then then COVID hits, and it's like, well, shut down again. Yeah, shut, shut down, game over. And it's it's interesting because in regards to having a gym space, is that I now have like the Bod HQ down where in Chindra. Yeah, and it's so beautiful. It's not commercial. No one trains there. It's enough space for us to be able to do any coaching out of. And content creation. Content creation, all of like our virtual gym workouts and things like that at a fraction of the price. No one has to work from there. And it's such a in- incredible space to be able to have. Yeah, no, I, I, I love the fact that you've, you identified that because I think that would have ended up as another situation potentially where you'd you you're walking yourself down a path where you where you start losing money. Again. We were we were losing money on that. 
Like yeah. it was it was a constant balance, but we were for many years. And again, you look at the emotional attachment behind yeah, it. You, Whereas yeah. the emotional attachment wasn't from me, it was from my ex. Yeah. And he had so much emotional attachment that who am I if I don't have this gym? Yeah. And that was crushing for him. Huge. Yeah. Like absolutely soul destroying for him yeah. to have to close that down because that was his emotional attachment. So both of us went through the exact same things in the space of two years. Yeah, because I, I didn't, until we did, sat down and had this story, I didn't realize I had I had this story from Mike's perspective on the podcast as well. Like, and him, because obviously his dream was to have a gym and obviously he created this supplement brand that was doing 10, 12 million a year to be able to do it and buy it. So even if he loses loses money on it it's just a tax write-off it's just a a tax write-off so it's in a different position but obviously for naif he he was in that position himself no because obviously perhaps potentially you were the breadwinner as well so you're like well i don't want to i'm i'm working my ass off and all my stuff online i don't want to generate revenue just to pay for it pay for an an ego boost and i'd also just gone through a massive burn burnout of just feeling like every single financial thing was on me Yeah, yeah every single um I was working so much. I couldn't possibly have to add another eight and a half grand per month rent to my workload. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So everything pulled, everything was pulled back. Here's I some, closed businesses left, right, centre. Here's something I want to understand, mm. right? When you're a successful woman like yourself mm. in monetary terms, yep. right, when you're turning over like multiple seven figures, do you find that's quite intimidating for men to try and come into your life for like dating and stuff like that? Because so it's interesting, like, I know the media have reported that I'm this man-eater. So that was, like, one of the articles that was out there, that I'm a man-eater. I haven't dated – so Nathan and I broke up, and then I've dated, like, two guys publicly. Or three. Three guys publicly. Or seven. I'm like, <laughs> or 29. Fuck, <laughs> 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 oh, I love so you sometimes. So funny. <laughs> yeah, God. And so it, de- it depends. <laughs> So good, guys. So good. In regards to 100% is the answer to that, depending on who they are. Mm. So I look at Ryan and, like, I am such a cradle snatcher. So he's only 20, just turned 27. Listen, this this, this is the boyfriend. This is the ex, but now back together. He is not in any way, shape or form intimidated by the amount I earn, what I do for a job. Even media, he's not intimidated by. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about men. He doesn't care about anything to do with that. Like, he is just so secure in the person he is. There is no um, sense of him feeling like he's not good enough because of any of that. Do you think it takes a strong man then to to, to, to be able to not be intimidated by that? I think for him, 100%, I think you have to be secure, number one, but also his upbringing. He comes from a really good family. Like his parents are still together. They are very firm in regards to being kind and the people that they are and instilling those values that money doesn't have any reference in regards to success or who they are because that's huge for him as well. Here's something then I'd like Mm. your opinion on. Um controversial but i think it's i think it's i think it's the truth mm. something that i've identified with is the fact that my mom and dad have been married 41 years mm. right and they've obviously worked at that and mm. i've seen them work at it mm. and i've seen the unconditional love that comes that comes from not giving up on each other mm-hmm. when i've tried to date women that don't come from that background mm-hmm. i don't feel like the the work ethic of like uh, of a relationship, she, yeah, is in them. Do you, do you agree, or is that, is um, that do you, do you think that do you think that 
that pattern can be broken within because obviously I understand that we you can't I'm I'm not here to judge someone that's come from say a broken home whether yeah. you're a man or a woman I'm not, I'm not doing that I'm saying I'm just asking you yeah. from your experience yeah. do you think that it's it's an it has an effect on someone like me who's who who's seen things one way and they've and so I'm conditioned now mm. I'm conditioned I'm like well that's how life's meant to be and subconsciously and they're conditioned to like well. That didn't work, so I've got to get out quick because this isn't going to work. I love this question. It's not controversial. I feel like it's such a good question. I've seen people, so an, an abusive ex that I had whose parents are still together, and the reason that he is abusive is because he's seen it with his family and he's seen it with his parents yeah, and yeah. he's conditioned to that. Yep. Should they stay together? No. Should they have ever stayed together? No. Do they believe in unconditional love? Yes. Yeah. And I think that's kind of also the reverse effect of that, of having that unconditional love. Love shouldn't be unconditional. If there is abuse in a relationship, if it's toxic, get the fuck out of there. If you decide you don't want to be in a relationship, get out of there. So, totally different, probably, opinion to you. No, and no, no, I mean no, it entirely no, no, respectful. No, 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 I don't... I don't have a, I don't I'm trying not to have an opinion one way or the mm. other on it. I'm just asking a woman that's obviously worldly in these opinions and obviously been through these types of scenarios with different different partners that you've dealt with yeah. and you've obviously seen it firsthand. So uh, so from someone like me I'm like well, look, well, it would be stupid not to ask the question. When I I honestly believe that everything that we are is from our parents. And like you even look at Nathan and I in our relationship like we are so close. Like that was him before like um, who's wait. the ball geezer? <laughs> who's, the, who's the ball geezer on Instagram stories? <laughs> he's not, he doesn't even he doesn't even go on Instagram. But um, his his parents are separated or yeah. divorced. They've yeah. been set like they were separated like eleven years yeah. ago. They still do family dinners. They yeah. still see the kids together. Yeah, and it sets up that beautiful example for him and I because yeah. now that we're not together, we have that example of his parents of being like that. And yeah. that's exactly how we are. Yeah. We still go to dinner together. We still see the kids together. The kids come and go. We do. And it blows everyone's mind on social media because they're like, are you guys back together? We're like, no, we're co-parenting. Like, these are our kids. We will always be this yeah, way. Yeah, I like that. I like and it's that. so beautiful. And the kids have never seen us argue. They've never seen us have any sort of horrible hate towards each other. And if the boys, like last weekend, right, it was like, I want to go to dad's this weekend. I was like, yeah, cool. Went and dropped him to the border. So there's no, like, animosity between the kids and they know that they can always come and go between and I think that's really important when it comes to relationships um Nathan and I worked so hard before we called it quits we got back together two or three times we separated for six months we got back together we separated for six months we saw a relationship coach Brad Fennell who's here in Burley who is an absolute honey I love him so much and it wouldn't have been like we would not have been able to have the amicable split and relationship we have today if it wasn't for Brad, hands yeah, down. Yeah. He is the best facilitator to be able to sit in a room and hold your space, hold my space and be able to make us come together in a really amicable way. And I feel like people walk away from relationships way too quick, 100%. Yeah. However, I do think that there's so many instances where it's just like we hang on to a relationship because there seems to be some sort of title or reward or glory in staying together for the kids or for the business or for whatever reason and it should have been called off a long time ago. So I do see the total opposites here in regards to relationships and should you stay, should you go and do you see beauty in that? Um, And I think in my opinion, it takes a while to get to know someone. So dating now, I dated a guy 
four weeks is the relationship and it was public and it was everywhere and I just should have never even I should have walked away at the first red flag which was day one and I didn't because I was scared of media opinion the first red flag was the picture in the lift day one should should have been no that was not even that one and then (laughs) yeah no different guy that's 27 day number 27 um so I definitely think that we we hang on for too long because we do have this idea that the idealistic so what I noticed from a personal standpoint is I noticed that a lot of emotionally available women beautiful ones would turn up in my life Mm -hmm. so I used to fucking outwardly blame the fact that all these women were emotionally available and like projection uh, projection projection, projection. <laughs> yeah 100% I'm admitting it I know yeah. I know I'm glad <laughs> I was just helping you along there <laughs> so I thought so then I came to the conclusion was like fuck this is the, the, the common denominator here is you Frankie boy you gotta look inward and when I started to look inward I'm like ah shit that all comes from the feeling that I had around my mum mm-hmm. and it was quite it's quite uh, intimidating to to think that every relationship you've had with a woman your entire life has got and ended at certain points and the, and you've attracted those certain women into your life because of this instilled thing that you instilled with you mm-hmm. from when you're a child and how you felt about certain situations that came up in your younger life. A hundred percent. And now having to navigate and change those patterns. Now having to break patterns, flip perspectives, i.e. the whole realm and why I do this podcast is, is to help people break patterns and flip perspectives in their life, whatever the patterns and perspectives are they need to break for them. That's why I do this. So like, it's like if I say I'm doing that but then don't authentically go and do that myself, I'm fucking lying to myself. Have you ever done attachment theory do you know what your attachment style is no so powerful so like game-changingly powerful break it down all right so i'm anxious so there's anxious there's avoidant right there's dismissive and there's anxious avoidant right okay and i'm anxious no there's secure sorry so there's there's anxious there's um avoidant there's secure and then there's dismissive and then there's anxious avoidant off the side. So right. anxious avoidant has been a newly coined term in the last like five years, whereas these ones have been around for quite a while. Yeah. Um, and now an anxious attached partner and an avoidant attached partner will always see the push pull roller coaster relationship because an anxious attached person is always like, love me, need me. Where are you? I need you. And yeah. an avoidant is always like, give me space, space, dude. Like chill the fuck out. Like I'm over here with my mates stop smothering me. So they always push back. And then as the anxious person's getting pushed back, they pull harder. And so yeah. you've got this push-pull of this relationship in regards yeah, to yeah, an yeah. anxious and avoidant attached. Yeah, yeah. A dismissive is usually very disjointed in regards to their relationships, their emotions, they're a bit disconnected. They can't really make huge um, connections or commitments in relationships. A secure will easily adapt to a relationship, know that there's numerous partners that could be a perfect partner, and a secure attached person is able to have a buffering effect on an avoidant and an anxious. So what happens is that if you're an avoidant attached and you're with a secure attached person, it calms the nervous system because a secure attached knows how to be able to handle an anxious attached um attachment style so you've got so you've got to find out what type you are yes. identify what type 
of woman you need in your life and then look for that type that fits the mold of what you I want. I can't even tell you how much of a game changer it is. So I'm an anxiously – and this this is all stemmed from childhood. So I'm an anxiously attached so, – so, so, so my method of going – this was my – this was my pre- before this podcast, this was my previous method, right? This is my previous method. Is she good looking? Yes. Took. Is <laughs> can, can I have banter? Yes. Took. Okay, I'll date you. No. <laughs> there is so much more. No, there is so I, much I more because I know, I'm even bantering, like, I'm bantering. But even an anxious and yeah. avoidant, they yeah. could work out. They could have some great relationship years, but it'll be very yeah. chaotic. Yeah. It'll always have that push pull, that roller coaster style. Whereas anxious and secure, it'll just be contentment it'll be happiness it'll just be yeah. do you know what i mean are you gonna are you gonna you're gonna write this book down for me so i'll pop i will pop, definitely when you when you when you write down all these resources i'll put them in the show notes yeah because for I, sure. think, I think people need to read these books open their mind up obviously we'll put links to all your other stuff in the in the show notes so they can see all your businesses uh, when i started this podcast i thought we were going to go into like your whole journey of businesses and being a book but I, <laughs> I actually love the fact of, of where we we've died we've dived off in so many different different angles and ways on this podcast already like I'm just, I'm just hyped about it. Yeah, sorry. No, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm buzzed about it. It's, I'm, I'm glad. buzzed, I'm buzzed about it. But like, it's been an absolute game changer having you on. I suppose. I know you've got. I know you're going to record another four podcasts after this. That's why I'm like conscious of the time and obviously got to wrap it up with you. But, but like honestly, it's been been hyped. I no, think I think there's so there's so much value in this beyond what I thought we were going to drop. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Is there anything in particular that you wanted to talk about that we didn't talk well, about? I, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 I did. Well, there was one thing you mentioned to me that I thought was fucking funny as fuck. What? <laughs> you like, know. Go on then. Do you want to break it down? Yeah. Okay. I'm actually going to put this from an educational perspective. I, 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 right. So just to get a bit of backstory then. A bit of backstory. I, I rock up at the uh, the cafe. <laughs> I, there's two backstories. I rock up at the cafe. I said, uh, you know, do you want a drink? Obviously, obviously, I'm going to get you a drink. She'd already got a drink. I said to her, do you want an almond croissant? She looks at me and goes, <laughs> I can't have... <laughs> what did you say to me? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't... Can't, I, can't, I can't have an almond croissant because I'm fat and all this. She had this <laughs> I'm like, you're talking bollocks. So I'll get you an almond croissant. Anyway, sit down for this almond croissant. We sat there. We're, we're enjoying a nice almond croissant together. It's, it's, it's like proper like... You know, decent. And then she pulls out. I got fingered by a chick. <laughs> However, it didn't happen like that. It didn't even, it didn't even start. <laughs> I love this. It didn't, it didn't I love even start like this. Okay, yes. now guys, you know how there's your yeah. side of the story, my side of the story, and then the truth. So we sat down, we sat down and I've recently had surgery and reacted to the surgery and needed to have these steroids called prednisone and they made me gain all this water fluid and the doctor actually said to me like, chill out Soph, like stop eating donuts because this is a lot. So I gained like seven kilos in a week. And Charlie, who owns Trends, which is where I get my hair done, was where we were. And Charlie's been teasing me so much. Every day he sees my stories and gives me like some shit about it. Anyway, so I'm sitting there. I'm like, I guarantee you Charlie's going to see that I've got a fucking croissant in front of me. He walks behind us and he's like, oh, really? What are you eating? So, of course, he was teasing me about that. And then Frankie's like, so what sort of guests do you have on your podcast? And I was like, well, I have everybody from authors to <laughs> Yoni mapping. And he's like, what is Yoni mapping? And I said, well, essentially I got fingered by a chick. 
<laughs> and he's like, you, you what? I said, break this down for me, is what I said. I said, break this down for me. I, I, look. Don't get me wrong, I've seen this a fair few times in my life. But, but, oh, no. What was it, you porn? Yeah, yeah, well, I've been in a few situations. We won't go into those right now. But anyway. Anyway, it's not sexual at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. All right, so I say that all the time down Burley Pav. I'm like, don't, don't worry, darling. This is, this is not sexual at all. Don't worry, don't mind me. I'm just figuring you at the bar. It's not. Okay. All right. So yoni mapping is essentially releasing trauma from your yoni. Now, your yoni is all of your reproductive system, your vagina, your vulva, your ovaries, everything to do with your yoni. Um, it's releasing trauma. So what she does is the first time that you go in, she basically... <laughs> go in. Come on. Unintended. <laughs> go in. The first time that she goes in... She essentially does what I believe should happen in all schools, but I don't think that girls have the emotional maturity to be able to actually handle it at that age. But I think that this needs to be taught maybe in year 12 for women and men. Yeah. So she... Don't worry, lads. Instructional video coming after the podcast. (laughs) Do you know, actually, I think that she does that on her Instagram. I'm not even kidding. It's the women's... The... Erotic Alchemist is her name. The right, Erotic okay. Alchemist. There you go, lads. And she, out. she essentially does the entire anatomy of your vagina, your clitoris, your ovaries. And she touches each individual point so that your brain will make the connection of what each individual feeling feels like. Of Like no guy goes down there and is like, I'm just going to stimulate your clitoris now. How does that feel? No one says that. Have you ever said that? <laughs> it's not something I thought of. See? I thought, I'm, not, I'm not putting an instruction video next to me doing it. No. Exactly. So, like, even, like, as a woman who, let's say someone... Do, do you want me to put notes in next time? Do you want yes. Me to, like, so, I'm just right going now. down. Right now. Right now. But maybe my like, name is Frankie Lee, and I'm going down on you to stimulate your clitoris. That's and actually actually down David Edinburgh voice. <laughs> I love that. And here we have a young Frankie Lee. <laughs> he is going down on his partner to stimulate her clitoris. Do you know, but this is the thing. No, there's so many girls out there that don't even know what they like because they don't even know what it feels like. Because they've not been around. <laughs> no, it's not even that. Like, so growing up, it was such a like you would have sex, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. The, yeah, the yeah, guy would yeah. come. Yeah. And do you know how often this happens in the conversations that we're having, like in the Flourish and Fulfilled group? Most women my age, so thirty, have, have never had an orgasm. No. Yeah. So. It is so. I, I've had to. I've had to rescue a few situations for a few women on this couch. But see, this is the thing, though. Like it's. It's literally but, on this couch. See, I love that for me. I'm currently no, no, sitting not, in front of you. <laughs> not on this couch. No, I never said nothing about the couch. What are you talking about? I never said nothing about it. You just assumed the couch. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying. I, I say to women this, right? I say you can. I say you can. Obviously, you, you can't guarantee. Guarantee yourself an orgasm with a man. You can't guarantee yourself an orgasm, but you can stop bad sex in advance. And the way you stop bad sex is like if you if you're not if you've not got if you've not had like the proper conversation with the man and, and got a mental stimulating connection, right? You shouldn't proceed to the next step, right? If he doesn't go down on you and 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 service you in that in that mannerisms and 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 show that he's selfless in that respect you should not proceed to the next step so you can pretty much you can, can pretty I please m- clap this you you can pretty much guarantee yourself like 
not guarantee yourself an orgasm, but like you can put yourself in a better position as a woman to have an orgasm if you fucking just carry out the two steps that I've just said. But sex is such an energy exchange that people don't even realise. Of course, that's why the most important thing about having sex with another human being is the fact that you have stimulated in the mentals before you let them go down on you and all this other stuff. Like, But unfortunately, in today's age, we have been taught as women that we associate sex with love. And so for so many women, and this is what I'm seeing all the time in my forum right now, is that we associate sex with love. So women are going out there craving love by having sex, feeling like shit after, and it's the vicious cycle. So when it comes to yoni mapping, so let's just go entirely left of field here. A woman has a baby and they um, they have scarring. So they've torn and the scar tissue has formed. This is so good for men to listen to and understand this. So I, I really believe this is powerful, lads. So tune your fucking ears <laughs> in right now. So what actually happens is like our labias, right? So perhaps you've had a baby, it's torn. Mm. You've got scar tissue build up and you can't even feel the sensations. By having one of these yoni mapping massages, she uses different techniques that brings the blood flow back into those veins to be able to stimulate that feeling again. Right. And so it is so powerful. And I know this from experience because I went in there afterwards, my orgasms were so much stronger. But not only that though, even after her going in and having that, so she touches your cervix, but like a cervix is supposed to be touched like this, like a drumming effect, not rubbed. And that's like a really deep thing. So obviously it'd be a penis that would touch it, not a finger. And so you're supposed to actually stimulate it. And you've got all these different zones to be able to have an orgasm um so there's so many different areas in regards to the yoni mapping but even like your labia a normal labia will extend by 14 centimeters <laughs> most men think labia is a country <laughs> no they don't surely not i'm joking i'm joking surely I'm not joking. i'm joking i'm just joking well do you know that this week in our forum a lot of women didn't even know we had three holes as a female <laughs> So this is something that it's just Where, like... Where's this podcast disappeared to? Sorry. But there's so much. There is so much power in education for women e- to actually e- know our anatomy. Ed- educate. Go on. Three holes. Go on. Three holes. Labia is 14 centimetres long. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I didn't know it was 14 centimetres. All, all I know is I, I, I go all right. How do you know that though? Because what? Girls say that? No, because it got reviewed on on the Flourish, for, Flourish Forum. Yeah, everyone's like, fuck you. <laughs> Catch me in the forum. So yeah, that was that was where that conversation went. So yeah, uh, so that that was how we how That we, was our brunch. That, that that was our that was our brunch. I literally I literally I literally learned all this at brunch with Soph and I'm like, oh well I reckon we should probably tell that story on the on the podcast. And I am literally an open book, so I'm like, yeah, cool, I don't care. But the but the premise of this the premise of this podcast has basically been I but I basically thought the premise of this podcast was how it was gonna be like how you'd obviously built the seven figure businesses and all that stuff, but I've actually, I actually think there's more value in what we've discussed than just the just the business stuff. But essentially, what you've been through is you've, you, 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 you came from nothing and you you put your heart and soul into something you believed in. You didn't pick, you didn't pick just a, a random product. You put your heart and soul into something, and that's why everything that you've done has worked, right? You let your ego take a little bit over. You had a battle that you shouldn't have probably had, but you came, you lost, lost it all. But then you came back because you returned to just pursuing things that lit you up on a different level, and that's why you're doing so well in all areas of your life. And I just want to say, like, I, I've loved this conversation <laughs> with you. This is this has been one of my favourite fucking conversations because it's so fucking like every conversation I have is fucking raw and honest. But this is like, you know what I mean? I've never had a chick say. 
that on the podcast before about getting fingered like honestly and, and, and if I said that I'd get so much shit so I'm just fucking glad to have you Thanks. You've, you've just been you've me. just been a full-on banner bus <laughs> this is why me and you are friends i tell you this is this is it right you, i just said you, you can't mention fingering on the podcast and not follow me on instagram now it's a rule <laughs> anyway but drop drop your links and drop your website so people can go and see the actual businesses that you run on the back end of being such an absolute funny legend <laughs> so my website is sophiegwidolin.com.au and gwidolin is spelled g-u-i-d-o-l-i-n and then i have thebod.com.au which has the health and fitness element and then flourish and fulfill which is kind of like my baby and my passion project of all things like mindset and toying everything back in together yeah. um, my Instagram is just my name which is Sophie underscore Gwidolin yeah, she, she's, she's the one that follows Frankie Lee <laughs> I was saying to Frankie earlier I deliberately don't consume online like it's one of my big things is I don't follow anyone online I don't log on to Instagram to scroll and it stops that for me yeah 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 but <laughs> she's making an exception do you know what I mean you'll see like the yeah. the thumbnail for yeah. this will be like she'll, 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 she'll follow me and then she'll put me on mute <laughs> mute but nah, no but honestly like this this has been really eye opening like there's so much there's so much learning in this I think it's all about going back to your true self and, and understanding I've, it, look Behind all the banter in this podcast, the fundamental thing I want you to pick up from this, if you've got to this point, is the fact that looking inward is 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 the only game in town, and that'll allow you to ex- ex- rather than Im- impress. Like everyone who's looking external is looking to impress, and if you want to learn to express yourself, you have to look inward. One hundred percent, and I love that wrap up. That is so beautiful. How was that? Really good. How was that? Not bad for a guy with no hair follicles. Little geezer. <laughs> Little geezer. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Do us a favour. Yeah, drop Sofa message. Let her know how this podcast went for you. Right? You know, maybe drop him with like a cheeky one liner, and then and then drop me a message as well at Frankie Lee on Instagram. Drop us all a message. Let us know how we do. Drop a review on Apple. Drop a comment on the YouTube. Much love and thank you very much. Cheers. Thanks, Sophie. Frankie. Don't forget to subscribe to the Frankie Lee Podcast.